Well, welcome everybody to Downtown Harbor Church. If it is your first time joining us, my name is John. I am the lead pastor around here and I appreciate you guys coming on out or I guess sitting on your couch for a Sunday morning or maybe you're listening on a Monday or Tuesday or whenever you do get a chance to watch or listen. Thank you so much for giving us just a little bit of your time. So today we are in week two of this series that we have been calling It's All in Your Head. And the premise of this series is relatively simple. What we're doing is we're talking about this idea that many of our problems or perceived problems are often born in our head, live in our head, kind of take up residence up there. And so the goal of this series is to put a spotlight on those issues. Let's put a spotlight on those issues, let's find out what they are, and let's try to use some scripture to sort out a solution. So if you're with us in week one, we talked about sort of the dangers of comparison. And one of the things that I learned, at least, and that I firmly believe is that every single one of us, at some level, in some way, at some point in time, struggles with comparing ourselves to other people. Now, it may look different for every single person, but for about 3,000 years now, we have sort of learned through Scripture that people have been determining where they are in life, kind of based on where everybody else is. That when you're on Facebook, you know, social media, when you're at the gym or at work or in school or in your, in your neighborhood, it's not so much that we're asking the question, how am I doing? Rather, we're asking the question, how am I doing compared to everybody else? And what we learned last week is that scripture says that that's a losing game. You don't want to get involved in that comparison game. So today in week two, what I want to do is I want to have a very practical conversational discussion about what I think is, is potentially the most stressful thing that we must do as humans. And I don't mean stepping on that scale when the quarantine's over, because that ain't going to be pretty. Right? That's going to be like, that's going to need its own sermon series, all right? How to recover from the quarantine, all right? Newsflash. I don't know. I'll Google it. Uh, no, one of the most stressful things that we as humans do is, is decision-making. I, I, don't, I don't know what it is about making decisions that is just so hard, but it can be, it can be absolutely exhausting. Can it? It's just, and, and like the bigger the decisions are, the, the, the more life-changing these decisions can be, sometimes it, it can just become paralyzing. It's, it's just, you're just, I, I don't know where to turn. I, I don't know what to do. For example, let's say one of the big decisions you've got to be thinking about is a job, all right? Because the coronavirus quarantine, a lot of us unfortunately lost our jobs. Many of us are on furloughs wondering, is that job going to be there when everything opens up? Or, or, or even outside of coronavirus, maybe you just want a new job. Maybe you're getting tired of your job. Or, or maybe you got offered a new job. What do we do? Do I take the job? It's a lot more money, but i got to move. So what do I do? I'm, 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 I'm not sure how to handle this. Or, or maybe, maybe for you, a big decision is you're wondering, you know, should I get married? I mean, is this person the one? Um, is it the right time? Have we been sort of dating long enough before we get engaged? I mean, because in the Northeast, I'm from New Jersey, up there, we date for like 10 years before, we, you know, we get engaged. But down here in the South, it's like, I don't know, three or four months, it's, it seems like. I'm not sure what that's about. Uh, no, I have an idea. <laughs> okay. No, but okay. So now you're married, right? Now you're getting married and, and now you've got another decision. You start thinking, well, 
Um, is it time that we have kids? Are, are we ready for this? Is, is this the right time? Is there ever a right time? Are we financially prepared to have children? Are we, you know, are, are we, are, is our marriage stable enough at the moment to, to take on the added stress of bringing a child into this house? And of course, one of the hardest decisions that a married couple ever has to make is where should we go for dinner? Where this, The question that can never get answered. Where, unfortunately, the Bible has nothing to say about that. We are just on our own with that one. But life is full of decisions. Small ones, huge ones, and I believe it could be said that, that our life is the culmination of every decision that we've made. That we are who we are and we, we are where we are because of every single decision that we have made up until this point. And the older you get, you start to realize that, and, and you become acutely aware, that every decision you make, even the smallest one, can have a massive uh, sort of uh, impact on the trajectory of your life. And if you've made some bad decisions, because I think we all have at some point, we all know this to be the case. So when it comes to making decisions in this life, and those decisions are varied for all of us as Christians, the one thing that I think we all want to know is, what does God want me to do? What, what's his will for my life? With, with, with my path, with this thing that I'm trying to figure out, like, what's the right choice? Because like, when it comes to me and God, I want to make sure they're on the same page with this. I want to make sure that if I do this, if I take this job, if I get married, if I make this move, if I do this, if I do that, I want to make sure that he and I are on the same page. I want to make sure that this is his will. I want to make sure that he blesses this decision. Now, if you've asked this question before, that says a lot about the maturity of your faith. I mean, that tells me that you trust God. That tells me that you want him to be intimately involved in your life. And if you've asked this question before, you're not alone. In fact, this is perhaps one of the, 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 the primary questions that we get in ministry. I mean, outside of, you know, is this a sin? And by the way, if you were asking if something's a sin, the reality is that I think you're trying to get closer to sin than you are to God, but that's a different sermon for a different day, right? This is one of the number one questions that people ask. What does God want me to do? How do I know? How do I know what God wants me to do? Well, there's good news. God is not interested in keeping his will a mystery. He wants you to know what he wants you to do. He is interested in speaking into your life. So the question is, how do we hear from him? I mean, I mean, not audibly, of course, right? But, but if God is desirous for us to know his will for our life, if he wants to guide us, if he wants to lead us, then how do we hear from him? How do we have confidence that we've heard from him? And how do we get enough confidence to act on these decisions with the peace of knowing that this is, in fact, God's will? So my goal for this day, Right? Here, here's the goal for the day. I want to make it plainly evident what we're trying to do here. My goal for the day is this. I want to equip you, right? I want to equip you with methods to seek God's will for your life. I just want to give you a couple of tools for your toolbox. Now, it should be said, for the purposes of communicating this to you today, I have sort of laid this out in a linear fashion. Step one, 
step two, step three. And you can do it in this linear fashion in order to sort of clarify what God's will is for your life. But what you're going to see is that as you begin to internalize um, these concepts, as you begin to understand these concepts, they will organically begin to happen almost simultaneously. So to kick off this conversation, I want to show you something that we see in Proverbs. This is Solomon. We looked at him last week. He is the wisest man that ever lived. Take a look at something that Solomon said. He said, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not depend on your own understanding. A very famous piece of scripture. Here's what I think Solomon is trying to paint for us here. I think what he's trying to say is this. I think he's saying, look, life is confusing, okay? Let's just be honest, life is confusing. There are a lot of decisions we have to make. There are a lot of obstacles in the way. There are a ton of unknowns. Now, as humans, when it comes to these decisions, these obstacles and these unknowns, we tend to try to lean on our own understanding. It's like, how am I gonna figure this out? How, how am I gonna make this thing happen for me? And, and what happens is we start to gnaw and gnaw on these issues all day, and all night, every single day, we go through all the various permutations about, well, what happens when I do this? What's gonna happen if I do this? Well, maybe if I do this, maybe if, it keeps us up at night. It fills us with stress. Our, our bodies are exhausted. We're driving our spouses crazy. We're putting all kinds of strains on our relationships. And worst of all, we don't make any kind of headway, right? We've just, we're just digging ourselves into a hole, racking our brains about what is the right thing to do. You've all been there. I've been there. Solomon is saying, look, guys, it is a losing game. It is a losing game if you are trying to look to yourself and lean on your own understanding to try to figure out life. Instead, he says, seek his will. Seek God's will in all you do. And he will show you which path to take. He's like, look, if you want a clear path, right? If, if you want to know which direction to go in life, and I think we all do, then stop looking at God. I mean, then stop looking at yourself and, and start looking at God. So how does God show us which path to take, right? If we're supposed to seek his will in everything we do, and he will show us which path to take, how do we find that path? Well, the first way that we find that path is we want to begin to seek counsel from other people. This is a, a great place to start, right? You want to start talking to your friends. You want to start talking to family. You want to start maybe talking to coworkers even. And the good thing is we do this naturally. I mean, how many times do you have a question or a problem or some decision you have to make and you text your girlfriend, you call your buddy. It's like, hey, dad, you know, this thing just happened to me. What do you think? What, what, what do you, what, what's your take on this? What do you think I should, I, sh I should do? See, we do this naturally, but the great thing is this is biblical. In Proverbs, it says that the way of the fool, the way of the fool, he says, seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. The way of the fool seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. He's like, you may think you know what you're doing. You may think you've got this figured out, but if you just go out into this world, guns blazing, without having spoken to anybody else, you're a fool. I mean, he said it, not me. Because that's, that's just, that's ignorance. 
You got to speak to other people. He continues. He says, where there is no guidance, the people fall. But in abundance of counselors, there is victory. See, what I believe that Solomon is trying to get across to us is that if you want to make wise decisions, you need to invite wise people into your life. Now, the reason I said invite wise people is because the truth of the matter is that we don't all have the wisest friends. I mean, I don't want to be political about that, but I mean, they might be great people. We love them, right? Lots of fun. They'll do anything for you. But they might not be road scholars, okay? It's not their fault. Or, or they may not be necessarily beacons of morality. So, listen, if you're looking to have a great time on a Friday night, give them a call. But they might not be on your speed dial if you need help making decisions about these massive life issues. So, with that being said, let me just give you a couple of guidelines that I think are helpful when we're sort of choosing who we're going to allow to speak into our lives and help us with wisdom in making these decisions. So the first thing we want to do is we want to look for people who have nothing to lose by telling us the truth. We want to find people that have nothing to lose by telling you the truth. Because the problem with our friends is that friends are often hesitant to tell you the truth, or at least the whole truth. Right? They're not, they don't lie, but they kind of sugarcoat things because they don't, they don't want to hurt your feelings. Right? They might hold back the whole truth because many times they just, you know, they want to tell us what we want to hear because, hey, I'm your friend and I want to, I want to see you happy. No, you got you to find somebody who's not going to hold back. You got to find somebody that will tell you what you need to hear even when you might not want to hear it. See, when it comes to those big life altering, course-changing decisions, the last thing you want is a yes man. Here's something else. You want to find people who have had success in the area in which you need help. So, for example, let's say you're looking to, I don't know, let's do a financial one. You're going to take a loan out. Or maybe you want to make an investment or something. Yeah, put some money in the stock market or whatever the case may be. You're going to want to find somebody who has had success financially to begin to ask them questions and, and get advice from them about whether or not this is something that you should be doing. See, too often we sort of seek out financial advice from anybody we know, and often they could be in worse financial shape than we are. It's kind of like the blind leading the blind. So you need to be on the lookout for someone that can actually speak wisdom into this area of your life. This is so important because... I don't know about you, but I've just seen so much bad advice out there. I mean, from, from, from finances to even like diet and exercise, everybody thinks they're a professional, right? Just, you're going to want to be mindful about who's dispensing pearls of wisdom into your ear. Here's something else you want to do. You want to speak with multiple people. You're going to want to get multiple voices, but go easy on this one. Okay? Because sometimes when we do this, we can almost get too many voices in our head and we can get overwhelmed. And it's, and it's, it's, it's like, you know what it's like? It's like a Cheesecake Factory menu. Have you been to Cheesecake Factory? I've been there, gosh, I've been there in a really long, long time now. But when I look at that Cheesecake Factory menu, I am paralyzed with indecision. Okay, let me just say this, all right? Between you and me, no human needs five pages of appetizers. I don't, I don't know where to, I don't even know where to start. 
okay? But, but listen, get a couple of voices when you're trying to make a decision. Talk to your parents, your siblings, a coworker. You're going to want to cast a wider net in order to broaden your perspective. But here's a word of warning. If you find, even in the past, now that we're talking about this, but if you find yourself to be the kind of person that you're asking person after person after person after person, day after day, week after week, what do you think? What do you think? Hey, let me ask you, what do you think? What do you think? Let me tell you something. I don't think you're looking for wisdom. I don't think you're looking for advice. I think the reason you keep asking person after person is because you're not getting the answer that you want. So just be cognizant. Here's something else. You want to talk to someone you know and someone you don't know, okay? You're going to want to find somebody who is intimately aware of your situation, okay? And, and it's sort of like this, hey, John, you know what? Based on what I know about you and your family and, and, and your situation, based on sort of the facts of the matter, here's what, here's what I think you do. Here's what I believe a wise decision is for you. But you're also going to want to find somebody who's, I won't say a complete stranger, but somebody who's just on the outside, somebody who is completely objective, where they can just look at this question, look at this decision and go, eh, bad idea. This is just, I'm going to, listen, I'm just going to tell you, stop now. Don't proceed. This thing that you're talking about, this, this move, this job, this, 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 that, not wise. It's just not, it's just not wise. Now, lastly, as we begin to sort of seek counsel from others, my one last challenge is this, be open. Be open to the fact that God might speak to you. The Bible's clear. It's, it's, it's very, very clear. God does speak to us through the counsel of our friends, okay? Speaking with your friends and your family and your coworkers is not a less spiritual approach. It is core. It is foundational. It is scriptural, all right? So if you are somebody that hears this and perhaps even in the past have pushed back against this idea that your friends can help you, that, that, that your family and others can pour wisdom into your life about a decision, you might have a pride issue. And, and if you think that you know it all, you got it all figured out, I'm just going to let you know that you are missing out on a prime way that God reveals his will to our lives. So, you've spoken to your friends. You think you've got a good grasp on the situation. You think you've got a direction that you're going to go. You think you've got some answers. You think you may have you know, some idea of what decision you're going to make. The next thing you're going to want to do is you're going to want to filter your decision through Scripture. Again, I said the next thing, but as you begin to sort of internalize these steps, you're going to do them more organically and, and, and simultaneously. But how do we use the Scripture? to sort of help us find the will of God and sort of land on an answer about what we should do or what we should not do. Well, one popular method that's out there uh, is what I like to sort of describe as the pray and point method. Now, when we use the pray and point method, essentially what we're doing here is we are turning the Holy Scriptures into a magic eight ball, <laughs> okay? You ever seen a magic eight ball? So you can kind of shake it up and turn it around and, it says, you know, it gives you, I forgot what it says, I can't remember now. Um, but here's sort of how the pray and point method works, because I've done it in the past when I was younger. We, I think we've all done it at some point, but it's like this. Hey, God, um, it's John. So I got this decision I got to make, Lord, and I just, I got to hear from you. I, I need an answer. Um, so I'm, gonna, I'm just going to close my eyes, Lord. I'm going to open up the scriptures. 
And I'm just going to, I'm going to point and wherever my finger lands, Lord, whatever verse that is, I know, I know that that is going to be your answer for my salute, my problem. And inevitably, your finger lands on like the margin or the maps or, you know, or in like the Old Testament when it's talking about, you know, like the Amalekites bringing gifts to the Hittites. And we're just like, oh, the Mal- so, so, you're, so you're saying, Lord, that he's not saying anything, okay? This is not how the Bible works. God did not, did not have the Holy Scriptures written and preserved for thousands upon thousands of years for us to be going like this, looking for an answer. Okay, that's not how, we, that's not how it works. Don't do that. Don't do that. Instead, you want to do a couple of things. The first thing I think which is important to do is you want to begin to sort of ask the question, well, will my decision, whatever that is, will my decision violate biblical teachings or, or, or one of God's commands? Now, this seems obvious. This seems like a sort of a, a no-brainer, if you will. But the reality is that many, 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 many Christians don't read the Bible, just have almost never picked it up outside of what they hear in a Sunday morning, they have just never peered into God's word. So often what the case is, is that we don't even know what we don't know. So we, we got to get into the scriptures. We got to read and we got to say, is this thing that I'm looking to do? Is this opportunity? Does it violate any of God's commands? Does this thing, this opportunity, this offer, this whatever, does it somehow go against the teachings of Jesus Christ? Does this thing, this decision, this opportunity, whatever the case, does it sort of rub up against or conflict with any of the teachings in the Old Testament or in the New Testament? Secondly, as you begin to sort of um, search through the scriptures, you're going to want to look out for what I'll call God's principles, all right? God's principles. Now, what's a principle? A principle is an unchangeable truth sort of a, um, a timeless truth. It's sort of how, how things work. And many times God's principles fall into, I'll call it two categories. Um, they often describe a cause and effect relationship, or often God's principles will predict, so to speak, what the outcome of a behavior or an action will be. Now, unlike a command, which is, you know, do this or don't do that, a principle is, here's what happens if you do this. Here's what happens if you don't do that. And so when you search the scriptures, you're going to find that God's principles show up everywhere. I mean, the scriptures are loaded with these principles. And and the greatest thing about God's principles is they explain how this world works. They explain how it works financially. They explain how it works relationally. I mean, all areas of life are where we find these principles. And so what you're going to want to find, and what you're going to want to look for, I should say, is are there any principles that speak into my situation that can let me know what would happen if I do this or what would happen if I don't do that? Now, the ultimate goal, I believe, I believe the ultimate goal of our searching the scriptures is that we will know God. Let me explain kind of what I mean by this. In the book of Isaiah, which is in the Old Testament, we learn something very interesting about God, and it's going to help us, I think, in this decision-making conversation. In Isaiah 55, we read this. This is God speaking through Isaiah. God says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. 
In other words, I feel like he's saying, look, guys, before you start making any decisions, before you start even seeking out my will for your life and what path you should take based on these, okay, you just need to know something. Just up front, um, we don't think alike. Okay? The, the way that you would normally do things is not how I would normally do something, God would say. The, the, the way that you might respond to a situation, God would say, is not necessarily how I would respond to a situation. And this is very important to grasp because what Isaiah is letting us know here is that our logic might actually be illogical from God's perspective. That our heads and our heart might actually lead us astray in our own lives. That's why Solomon says you need to seek after the Lord and don't lean on your own understanding. He's like, we need to be aware. You need to be aware that we have a limited perspective in this life. We, we need to be aware that we have a sin nature. You've heard the phrase, let your conscience be your guide, right? You've heard that? God's like, you know, I don't, I don't recommend doing that. You should definitely not let your conscience be your guide. You, you, you need to look to me, he would say. Isaiah continues. It says, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. God is like, when it comes to your life and when it comes to this world, I have a greater perspective. It says higher, but, but the way that I kind of always interpret this is that God is the ability. God is the ability to see the past, the present, and the future. He can see it all simultaneously, how it all works together. We, we at most can see five feet ahead of us. I mean, honestly, this is why we need to read the Bible. Because the Bible gives us access, and this is so amazing to think about this, the Bible gives us access to the God of the universe's thoughts and ways with the purpose that over time we would become so familiar with God's thoughts and his ways that they would eventually become our thoughts and our ways. Think about it like this. Is there anyone in your life Right? Just is there anyone in your life that you just know their ways? You know, you just you just oh you know what they're gonna do, you know what they're gonna say, you know how they're gonna respond, you know how they're gonna react. Here's a great example. Think back to when you were a kid. I mean, maybe it's not for you, but like when I was a kid, I just knew my parents. It wasn't that you just like you just know your parents. And there was this one time, um, high school, I can't remember what grade, but it was just like they were like, hey John, big party, Friday night. I mean, we're talking like Okay, you gonna go? And I'm like, you know what? I can't go. Well, what do you mean you can't go? And my parents never like, let me go. Well, you haven't even asked them yet. I don't need to ask. Listen, I know my parents. They would never let me go to that party. So I'm just gonna let you know, I'm not gonna be there. I, I, I can't go. You see, by spending time with your parents, by watching your parents, by studying your parents, you learn their thoughts and ways. You were able to make decisions in your life based on just knowing your parents. And in the same respect, that's what God wants for your life. So he's saying, study me. That, that's my invitation to you. Study me through scripture. Because he has made thousands of years of history available to you in his word. Account after account of people interacting with him. 
He's like, study my commands, study my principles, study my teachings, study my heart. He's saying, like you watched your parents, like you studied your parents, do that with me through my word so that your ways begin to look more like my ways. That through the reading of the scripture, we can begin to know God so well that almost instinctually we can discern his will for our lives. He wants us to know us, he wants him, he wants us to know him so well that like with our parents, we would just know what he wants us to do. That we that we could have confidence to proceed because we just know our heavenly father. Now, there is one last thing that we can do in our search for God's will. It is possible to ask God to open and close doors. What do I mean by this? There's going to come a day in your life, and it might be a couple of times, that you have to make a decision that is so big, so life-changing, so monumental, that even though you've sought the counsel of friends, even though you've, you, you've searched the scriptures, you're just, this decision is so big that it's like, I just, I need to know that I know that I know that I know that I know that God is with me in this. Like I, just, I just have to be 100% positive that, that God is behind this decision, that this is the, that his will for my life. It is possible for you as a Christian, for you as a follower of Jesus Christ, to ask God to supernaturally step into your world. It's like this, Lord, I mean, you know what's going on in my life, God. I got this, I have this job opportunity. And, and, and it looks like a, a phenomenal opportunity. I mean, the pay is double. Um, this would be a, a serious promotion. But um, it requires that I move out of state. It, uh, I got to move away from my family. I got to leave my friends. I got I to leave, leave my church. And um, I just, I just... I need to hear from you, God. So my prayer, Lord, is that if this is your will, would you open the door in such a way that it is unmistakable that you are behind this? That, that I would have just a supernatural sense of peace that would come over me, Lord. If that could happen, then I would have the confidence to proceed knowing you're behind me. But if this is not your will, my prayer is that you would close the door. In fact, Lord, I, I would ask that you would slam the door shut in such a way that it, that it almost hits me as it slams that I could never miss you working in my life in this regard. Now, few things to be aware of when you make this First thing is, we need to show restraint, okay? This is not a practice that we should be doing all the time for every single decision in our life. This is you know, what I'll call the nuclear option. 
right? This is the nuclear option for huge, massive, life-changing decisions. Getting married, buying a home, making a move, these big, massive decisions. We don't want to be frivolous with how we sort of approach God with these kinds of things. Secondly, we want to be ready to listen, but prepared to wait. I believe that a prayer of this magnitude is an act of worship. It is showing God that we believe that he is in control and that we trust him. And I believe that this is the kind of prayer that God answers. So you need to be prepared to listen. However, what we learned in the prayer series is that God does not work on our timetable. He is not a sort of cosmic bellhop that, you know, snaps to attention as soon as we fire off that prayer. Sometimes we need to be persistent in our prayers and we need to wait, okay? Because what we learned is that in prayer, something always happens. So be prepared to wait, okay? Don't rush ahead. My old pastor said this, and I've shared it with you a million times, and I'll say it a million times after this. The only thing worse, the only thing worse than waiting on God is wishing you had. So wait. Don't rush ahead of God. And lastly, be prepared to submit fully. Whether that door was pushed open for you or whether that door was slammed shut, you got your answer. Whether you're thrilled or crushed, angry or, or, or relieved, you heard from God. Now our responsibility is to submit. If that door was open for you, don't wait another second. Don't drag your feet. You can go in peace through that door, knowing you've heard from God. But if that door gets closed, submission is a little harder because as humans, we're pretty good at opening doors. It's kind of like, yeah, I mean, the door, it's shut, but if you jiggle that handle a little bit, I mean, it opens. I mean, yeah, it's shut, but if you just kind of put your shoulder into a little bit, it opens. I mean, hey, you've heard the saying where, where one door closes, a, a window opens. Don't go looking for that window, right? You ask God to work in your life, and he did. Don't resist making the things that God said no to, okay? Remember, he loves you. God wants the best for you. For whatever reason, this path that you were going down, he goes, no, this is not what I want for your life. This is not what's best for you. Do you trust me? So, what's the practical? What do you do with a message like this? If it's your first time here at DHC, we put this word on the screen every single week because we want to make sure you can leave on a Sunday and know exactly what to do with what you've heard. Now, the truth of the matter is, this is really one huge practical of a sermon um, to begin with. So I want to just briefly recap what we talked about today before we go. Remember, the first thing you want to do is you want to seek counsel. Now, let me say this. If you don't have someone to talk to, all right, if you've got a big decision you've got to make and you really have nobody in your life that can sort of give you wisdom into that, if it's a health issue or a financial issue, whatever the case may be, if you don't have somebody that you can really speak to, reach out to the church, okay? 
email us info at soflowchurch.com or me, John, at soflowchurch.com. Message us, go to the website, whatever the case may be. Reach out to us. We will network for you. We will try to connect you with somebody that can speak wisdom into your life. Then I would encourage you to begin the process of searching the scripture, right? If you don't own a Bible, I got some good news for you. When we get back in the museum, whenever that happens, we have a present for you. We've got a Bible for each and every single one of you that is our gift to you. We had planned to give them out in March. Well, that didn't work, okay? But you've got a gift waiting for you when we get back into that museum. But until then, if you do not have a Bible to read, my advice, go to BibleGateway.com. This is what I use to do a lot of my research for the message. It's got every single book of the Bible, all kinds of translations. I would recommend reading the NLT, the New Living Translation. That's what we use most of the time here at church. Now, if you don't know where to start in terms of research and you're trying to find out principles and commands that relate to your issue, you can ask us, or believe it or not, you can ask Google. Google is so good at sort of getting Christians pinpointed into um, commentaries and scriptures that will help you along. Now, one word of caution as you begin to search the scriptures for some help. Don't just look for one verse, okay? Don't look for one verse to give you the answer because you can find a verse to justify pretty much anything you want to do in this life. Make sure you look at the whole context, right? Multiple passages that speak into your issue. And lastly, don't be afraid to ask God to open and close doors. This is an amazing act of faith that, that He will answer and He will help, but be ready to submit however God reveals Himself to you. So this week, is, I was thinking about the process that we kind of go through as we discover God's will for our lives, the process of going to friends, the process of going to Scripture, looking for an answer. It dawned on me that it's not about discovering an answer. It's about discovering God. I mean, we went looking for an answer and we found God along the way. Through, through speaking with godly people, through reading His Word, through communicating with Him through prayer, we now have greater faith. We, we now have a deeper trust in our Lord and it has filled us with confidence to know that He is with us, He is guiding us, and he is making our paths straight. Let me pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for the opportunity that we could come together today, have a conversation about an issue that every single one of us struggles with, Lord. We all want to know so desperately what you want us to do in this life, God. I pray, Lord, that if there are people right now who are struggling with major decisions, jobs, family questions, moves, whatever the case may be, all of these things are varied in all of our lives. I pray that supernaturally right now, Lord, you would begin to make your will known to our folks, God. Help them to know which way to go. Give them a peace about their answer. I pray that you would begin to help them seek out um, wisdom from their friends and family. I encourage them, Lord, and I pray that you would help them to read your word and begin to know you so that your thoughts and your ways can begin to become our thoughts and our ways. And we would know you, Lord, like we know our own parents. 
Thank you, God, for wanting to be involved in our life, for wanting to show us the right path to take. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.